0: down the sidelines and now representing the michigan wolverines and the west virginia mountaineers you may know them as yoko and i'm a beast it's peter spasia and joel orndor welcome back to the gridiron i'm peter and i'm joel and down the sidelines the sports podcast that debates and predicts
1: the latest in the athletic world we are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 8th episode of the podcast on October eighteenth, two 2012. Oh boy, it's
0: been an interesting week, that's for sure. I know I'm going to be spending my Friday working on a paper building up to Michigan, Michigan State weekend, which is a big deal yeah. in this state that I reside in. Um, it's, it's not as big as you know Michigan, Ohio State for us Wolverines, but as far as the interstate family members and all, it's, it's a big game.
1: I would say this will see, I mean, it, this will show you where, you where you stand as far as that other matchup goes. Mm-hmm. And West Virginia, you guys have a big game as well, Yeah, we, uh, especially coming yeah. off of a, a tough week.
0: But We're going to get into that. So on Down the Sidelines, you know, we're really all about the predictive element of sports. And so while we're going to get into, you know, the college football and the NFL predictions like we do every week. We first start in the red zone, where we cover the top three stories in the sports world. And, you know, it looks like we've got some baseball and some football today. Mm-hmm. So, Joel, why don't we start off at the 20-yard line here?
1: All right. Well, for the 20, we're talking about A-Rod and how much he's been struggling lately. And what, You mean um, Andy Roddick?
0: Oh, he <laughs> retired. That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, we are talking baseball, and we're talking Yankees. And... um you know any anytime a player struggles on the Yankees, you hear about it in the news
0: well it's especially when he makes so much money so much money it's, it's, um,
1: um, yeah, so um it, a little interesting story um that go along with this is um you know what exactly he's been doing while he's not been playing um you know maybe sending baseballs up into the stands to particular females that he's interested in you know my australian you know (laughs) models i mean i don't blame him (laughs) sure
0: sure if you're not
1: doing anything else you might as well but you know the media is gonna see that and they're just gonna be like what are you doing
0: yeah i mean it's interesting you know alex rodriguez has been you know struggling mightily this postseason and it's interesting because He's not the only one. Uh, you had Robinson Cano for the Yankees who yeah. went 0 for 29 at one point, which was a major league record mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know a, a hitless streak. Uh, you have you know Curtis Granderson struggling mightily, Nick Swisher struggling mightily, but you know A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez gets the attention because of how much money he's paid, uh, his you know cachet as a star, mm-hmm. and it's because of you know just the New York media in general. So. Yeah. It was a big deal when he was benched, but then you know, in his downtime, he's supposedly, according to these sources, you know, the New York Post, flirting with these models, you know, handing out you know baseballs with his number and all this stuff.
1: You know, I mean, they they look at someone that's paid that much like like a rock star, mm-hmm. and they're, I mean, because you know they make money like a rock star, and they and they're 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 you know, it's almost like they're an actor or a famous famous person. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. When you get paid that much money, everybody's going to focus on you. And you're always going to be in the headlines. No matter what you're doing, you're having lunch. There's going to be paparazzi taking your picture. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the media just loves superstars. They love big names. They love people that make lots of money. And he's all those things. And, um, you know, whenever, whenever someone like that's struggling when they're making that kind of money, people are going to talk and they're going to be like, oh, well... What else are they doing? (laughs) Let's Mm -hmm. let's focus on them still. And um, so, you know, basically, you know, now we're going to make the play. And we're going to talk about, you know, is he going to be there next year? Is A-Rod going to play for the Yankees next year? And if not, where is he going to be? And so So It's a really good question um, because, you know, the New York media is
0: really overreacting right now, I think. Um, You do have, you know, another player in Derek Jeter who – is a very you know I don't know about notorious but you know well known ladies man. But you know he puts the team first and it's almost like Alex Rodriguez is acting almost in a selfish manner. Uh, you know I was listening to some you know reactions you know from you know sports talk radio and all that. That if you really think about it, you know a lot of athletes their private lives are not you know the best thing. Like you'd rather not know. So I think like this is something that's you know. Pretty common as far as uh, what athletes do, so it's just you know Arad being singled out here. Um, I'd like to think that Alex Rodriguez stays for the Yankees. He is getting old, and it's really showing. But he still has that natural talent. Um, But I'm gonna go and say, just you know, devil's advocate, maybe just say that he won't be with New York next year. Mm -hmm. There is the rumor floating around that the Miami Marlins are trying to court him, and. I'll I'll you know give it a shot and say that'll be what happens. But you know, just look, you know, next year he'll still be with New York and all that. I'll say yeah. he'll be in Miami. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, I I think there were there are a couple of teams looking into it. I mean, obviously there's gonna be a lot of teams anytime there's a question whether or not a big name player is going somewhere. I mean, example, they're already talking about what LeBron James is gonna do down the road in two years. Jeez. They're already saying that he's going to be a Laker. So <laughs> that's I ridiculous. mean it's two years from now. I yeah, mean you never know. Exactly. So you know, of course they're gonna talk about it. I mean I, their season just ended, but I mean they're gonna talk about it. They're they and you know what? If he's not out there right now like he's not out there in these games, mm-hmm. despite whether or not it's a right or left pitcher. You know, d- despite that, I don't think he's going to be there anymore. Just because if he's not out there when you need him, like in the playoffs, then, then why, like, if it's uncomfortable, like, I I feel like it's uncomfortable. Oh, well, I mean, I mean that Yankee crowd was borderline hostile to their yeah, home fans. I just, I, I don't see how it's benefiting either of them for him to sit around and not doing anything yeah he's public enemy number one
0: right now, and he shouldn't be, but that's unfortunately what it is. Where do you think he does end up though? I
1: mean, like you said, they say that there is already talk between the Marlins and them, and you know if they're the i mean they're the only team that you know there's almost a confirmed rumor or whatever you would call it that it's happened. It seems like if you're like the first one to get your foot in the door, then maybe that's where he'll end up. And you know they said something about like they're willing to pay off the rest of his contract.
0: That is a lot of money. Yeah,
1: a lot of money. And so if they're willing to do it, then they can have him, I guess.
0: It's interesting. I mean, you've seen that team. You know, they've definitely been spending more down in Miami, but hasn't really got them anywhere. I don't know. We'll see. And as far as LeBron goes, they got to win not one, not two, <laughs> not three, not four, not. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Well the ten yard play will move you know move along here. The story of the Baltimore Ravens um you know had a very big game mm-hmm. uh against the Dallas Cowboys that they were pretty lucky to you know, hold on and win. Yeah. But they lost some defensive talent in the process. Now, Terrell Suggs, uh who ruptured his Achilles or something had something like that happen in April a while back uh, is supposedly set to return uh, this week, which mm-hmm. is pretty That's surprising, great. given the you know strength of that injury. But they do lose Ray Lewis, who is you know the leader of that team. Uh, you know, been playing for you know, at least twelve years or so, maybe more. Um, you know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer easily. He tore his tricep, yeah. um, so he's gone for the year. And then you have Ladarius Webb, who is one of their cornerbacks, a you know, really strong one. And he blew out his ACL.
2: Yeah, um,
0: you know Ed Reed is also you know harboring some injuries here too, and like that's big as well. Uh, this this is this crushes you know I, I think a lot of you know Super Bowl aspirations. I had them projected going against you know the San Francisco 49ers, and granted you do have a Baltimore offense this year that is stronger. With Joe Flacco and Ray Rice, and you have deep threats and Torrey Smith. Anquan Bolden is, you know, a really solid slot receiver with possession. Um, but at the same time, it is that defense that leads that team.
1: Yeah, that and- game was just devastating to their defense. Mm-hmm. I mean they they I mean, you could see it happening during the game. I mean, you don't give up all that all those yards on the ground like that. It's just they yeah. they were losing playmakers all over the field
0: and as if you know they had you know struggles you know stopping the run as well you have Holodynata who you know tear, tore his MCL I yeah mean, he's,
1: not gonna, he's not going to he's not going to be 100% for a long especially if they plan to play him already he's not going to be 100% so you know it only you know mm-hmm. if you can get him out of the way without even double teaming him then you'll be able to run the ball easily right i mean if you'd
0: rather you know tear one of the two the MCL or the ACL you want the MCL yeah. the ACL is you know Dunzo, but he's going to be struggling with that one. So, I mean, it really does not look good for that defense, but the key is, you know, Ray Lewis. Uh, You've seen him on Old Spice commercials, um, (laughs) and, you know, some people still harbor, you know, some resentment with, you know, the murder charges that were brought up against him. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, years ago. I mean, before, you know, some of us were following sports and all, Mm -hmm. but... You know he is one of the you know defining players of this football generation.
1: The franchise player. Yeah. Oh.
0: So and- we have to ask when we make the play here: Does Ray Lewis return next year? Like, is this the last we've seen of Ray Lewis? Because he is getting up there in, in years.
1: He, I don't know. I he just I think he has way too much passion. Obvious. I mean, it, you you see it well, every single play from him. He just has too much passion for the mm-hmm. game. He's not one of those guys that's gonna like let an injury just take him out of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I I really, if he didn't come back next year, I would be shocked. I, yeah. I, I mean, it would be amazing. There's I I don't see any way that he doesn't just because he's definitely going to go out when he wants to go out
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and he's definitely earned the right to do that. He's a, I mean, he's probably one of the best defensive players of our generation.
0: Absolutely. I think you nailed it. Um, I don't think it's, you know, it's not just too much passion for the game, but it's too much pride. Mm -hmm. I don't think like after that career, like that's how he wants to go out. It's, it's like with Mariano Rivera. Um, you know there's the chance that Mariano Rivera, the closer for the Yankees after you know you know injuring uh, himself earlier this year and out for the rest of the year, like I think he you know has the chance of coming back next year mm-hmm. you know for his final year um yeah I think Ray Lewis does come back as well because you don't wanna if when you're a great player like that, you don't want an injury to end your career just like that. Mm-hmm. You want to end it on your own terms, and I think you know next year would be Ray Lewis's last year. But
1: and, yeah, I mean, you can almost say this. You can look at Brett Favre, kind of, and say the same thing. I mean, that's kind of what happened. He didn't want, he didn't want an injury, you know, to like end him basically. And that's I think that's why he kept playing because he wanted to keep playing until he said he...
0: Except Ray Lewis won't make you know a cavalcade of his you know returning and oh, the, the well. media. <laughs> frenzy and
1: <laughs> yeah just not but that I, kind of I I person. think it's like a similar thing just I mean sure, you sure. see it all the time they they want to keep playing sometimes the injury is so bad or it's just impossible but you know luckily he he can come back I mean that's good um I mean you, you can almost see like when I when I was hearing about like how he figured out that he was injured and he's like he's kind of still stayed in mhm I mean, I think that kind of shows you right there that right. he really didn't want to leave the field like he and a lot of players would have just like left right away, but I think it it kind of also shows you how much he means to that defense because he's I mean, he's literally in there all I mean, I can't think of plays where he's ever out of the game. Yeah. I mean, see him out of the play once a game. It's
0: um, it's pretty incredible. He's sees something else. Well we move on to the five yard story now. Uh once again we update on the baseball playoffs. The championship series are you know starting to resolve themselves. We're getting our World Series set and believe it or not, <laughs> our World Series pick winning pick of the Detroit Tigers are still in it. Uh they just clinched this evening. Uh swept the Yankees in the American league championship series and have moved on to the, that spot in the world series.
1: Yeah. I Yankees never had a shot at this. It's just pretty incredible.
0: I think, you know, in Detroit here, you know, where I live in a suburb of Detroit, um, it's amazing to see the Yankee media bias, uh, -hmm. particularly on ESPN and granted, like they're in Bristol, Connecticut and you know, it's, The Yankees are a national team. You either love them or you hate them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's all about like, oh, the Yankees, you know, can't hit. They're in such a slump right now. And it's (laughs) almost not mentioning the fact that Detroit starting pitching 27 and a third innings in this series and only two earned runs. Mm -hmm. That is pretty incredible. Uh, Grand Detroit you know, had some meltdown with their close, closer, <laughs> close, their closer Jose Valverde, who gave up four earned runs in game one and yet they still you know pulled it out in extra innings. Um, and, you know the Tigers bats finally started to hit for this you know, final game. Um, but it was a rough series for the Yankees and it was you know, just marked by Tigers dominant pitching, which you know, when we made our picks, you gotta like strong pitching in the postseason. Um, and, on the National League side of things, you have the Cardinals and the Giants. Uh, Cardinals are—it's right now in Game Four. Cardinals are up two-one, and actually, the Cardinals are up four-to-one in Game Four in the fifth inning. So, Cardinals are looking to take a three-to-one series lead. Um, and it's—it's it's really going to be interesting. Like that is a team that
1: is yeah. scrappy. I mean, you know, they were in—they were in the fight with everyone else for the wild card all the way up until the end of the season. Yeah. And then I guess it's just kind of that fight is kind of carried over in the playoffs. I thought they'd be out right away. I thought so but, too. Yeah. Um, it's pretty surprising. And I don't know. I don't think it's, you know, unreasonable to say they'll probably, they're going to probably take this series.
0: I think so. They're your defending world series champions. Yeah. And as a Tigers fan, your Tigers last made the world series in 2006. I was a college freshman that year. I remember watching World Series games with, you know, my friends from high school who were also at Michigan in dorm rooms. And it was frustrating because, you know, the Tigers literally threw that series away. You had a few instances where, you know, simple ground balls to the pitcher and they throw it wide of the bag, like just inexplicable things like that. But it's also scary um, to see the historical similarities. Um, If so, if you'll indulge me for a moment. In 2006, the Tigers played the Yankees in the Division Series, the Athletics in the Championship Series, and then played the Cardinals in the World Series, Mm -hmm. where the Tigers were favored. Um, Now this year, they play the Athletics in the Division Series, the Yankees in the Championship Series. Those two flopped. And it's looking pretty likely that they'll also, again, play the Cardinals (laughs) in the World Series. So it's a little bit eerie how... You know, baseball Mm -hmm. history kind of likes to mess with you. Um, And the Tigers would also be favored in this instance as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll see. I'm sure this is, you know, for playoffs for this show, like it's a story that we have to stick with. Um, But it's interesting. But the key that we have to talk about here is instant replay has started to rear its Mm -hmm. head on some of these bad calls. You know, one instance, um, really even started in the division series with uh, Baltimore and uh, New York with the Yankees. You had, you know, in the deciding game five, the Orioles, you know, were down one to nothing. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was Nate McClough came up and hits a, a towering shot to right field. And it looks like it, you know, could be a foul ball. It's really close. If it nicks that foul pole line at all, it's a home run. Um, you know, they do look at it because, you know, home runs are reviewable. And it, from one angle, it does look like it could have nicked the foul ball. Mm-hmm. and it changes a little bit of a direction. And yet, they still stick with the call on the field of foul ball. Yeah. The Yankees go on <clears> to win <throat> that game, you know, by a, a few runs. Um, you have, you know, the Tigers and the Yankees. Yeah. Um, you know, Omar Infante. You know, blows past second base. You know, rounding the bag, but he comes back and is clearly tagged out. If you look at the replay, mm-hmm. but because of the angle of the umpire. It's called safe. Cardinals and Giants. Um, Same thing like a a runner is trying to get back to first base and there's a tag pretty clearly applied, you know, significantly away from the bag. But from, you know, the angle that the umpire is at, it looks, you know, he must have had the impression that the tag missed. So he calls him safe. Now these, you know, base plays, you know, running on base and all that can't be reviewed. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only you know you know foul fair foul on home runs or you know home run at the wall if you know someone reached over those are able to be reviewed, but baseball is I think still stuck in an archaic system, not accepting technology um what do you think what do you think about these
1: Well, I mean, I'm just trying to think of some other major sports where they don't use replay now mm. I mean it's Baseball's you know,
0: got to be one of the last.
1: Yeah, if, <clears throat> Think about if we didn't have replay in football. Think about like all those times in games in the past where there was a question about something. What did they do? They just kind of had to go with what was on the field because they didn't have anything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm sure there were a lot of games in the past that were blown because of that. Um, you just... I mean, the human eye in the heat of the moment can only capture so much you know these plays happen so fast it's hard to it, and if anybody who's a referee is going to get something wrong anyone who's an umpire is going to get something wrong
0: I can tell you from first hand experience yes
1: yeah and so you know you ha- yeah you have the technology um why not use it I mean like okay it delays the game that's an argument but ter- terrible w- argument. Would you rather not delay the game, have the wrong call, and just go with it?
0: Well, not only that, but you also have managers who come out to argue the call with umpires. Mm-hmm. They may get you know tossed from the game, but you think that is you know <laughs> going to you know not eat up time as well. So that's it's just a, a bad argument. It
1: would pretty much prevent that from happening because if it's going to be reviewed anyways, they can't say anything about it.
0: Look. Apparently, baseball's standing on this is that they're trying to look and see what the best way to handle it is. I mean, whether it's you know like uh, on golf coverage when they have you know sh- tee shots and they have like the tracker and the ball, mm-hmm. like they would. Ha- Some are thinking about that.
1: Um, yeah, I, I would think- definitely look at other sports mm-hmm. and see how it's used. That's a. I mean, that's a good idea. But um, I would you know get on that get it worked out, and put something in place for next season. Look, it's very simple.
0: One challenge from the umpire. You can even make it a red flag, too. I don't care. But (laughs) baseball needs some sort of replay system. Throw the flag. Use the technology, all the camera angles that are offered. Just don't pitch the flag and hit it. (laughs) (laughs) And hit the batter or something like that. Oh, he takes first... base. No. Get the call right. Just get it right. Um... So, I think we have to make the play here. Will replay be expanded at the end of the year?
1: Will they make that rule change? Um, the thing is, like, how much, I don't know how much pressure there is on them to do it. I would assume that there's a good deal, considering how many plays in the playoffs there were problems with, and when you have umpires coming out and, like, admitting that mm-hmm. doesn't look good no I mean and that it you know wasn't fixed so I don't know I say why not yeah you know establish something put something in place so that you don't have these problems I don't think that the arguments against it are good enough
0: like base here's the thing baseball loves the human element like that is what is keeping him in this situation and I agree don't touch balls and strikes. Um, you know that is an inherent part of the game. You do have you know umpires in the perfect place to call that. And granted, some of the strike zones are questionable. But like with you know the K zone or whatever, like I'd rather not leave it up to that. It's interesting to see you know in games and then when it kind of you know directly questions what the umpire calls. It's interesting, but it's not game breaking. Some of these things on the base pass though. Are critical. Mm -hmm. They need to get the call right. But I think Bud Selig is still stuck in those ways. I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that nothing happens because, you know, despite some of those calls, the outcome really hasn't changed all that much. And I think, you know, it'll have to take, you know, that, you know, game deciding moment. World Series. World Series. World bottom of the ninth, year. <laughs> it, You oh, know, God. never mind. Go, go, Tigers! Please have the call me in that favor. But <laughs> you know, I think it, it'll have to take that play before something happens, as opposed to you know a, a you know a play that ultimately doesn't decide things.
1: Yeah. Kind of well,
0: like, like the NFL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what gets the the officials back into play here? Well, speaking of football, uh, we got to, you know, go through things really quickly here. You know, only a couple sentences of analysis. And it makes it just flow a lot easier, I think, when we go over the replay and our picks here. So we first go over the replay where we look at the past week's games that we picked and kind of look at how that happened. Texas Texas versus Oklahoma. They're at the Cotton Bowl. It was minus three of a spread.
1: OU, 63 to 21. This was not even close. Yeah, they're they're what what do they call that quarterback? The something dozer. I can't even remember what they call him. Whatever his name is, and then they add bulldozer to it. He's the backup quarterback and he just comes in and runs the ball right at you. And he had like four rushing touchdowns in this. So uh I mean it it really it, it not even as close as the score indicates. Like Oklahoma looks like the Oklahoma we expected at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I mean Texas tacked on
0: some points late, uh, but I feel really bad for picking the burnt orange uh, because I, looking I at just, that early, it was like it was like oh it's it's twenty seven to two and it's not even the end of the first half. Yeah,
1: after after watching them the week before, I couldn't pick them. I
0: just mm-hmm.
1: couldn't.
0: You got that Big Twelve insight there. Well, Big Ten insight here: Wisconsin at Purdue minus two and a half. of Wisconsin just you know steamrolling Purdue.
1: 38-14. They're, um, Purdue's they, struggling. Yeah, they they are. I mean, that's... You could call that a kind of a blowout, too. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I against the Wisconsin, back running, yeah, yeah.
1: Wisconsin team that really hadn't put together a complete game all season. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I... It's crazy to say, but Wisconsin still has a chance. <laughs> well, they really do because yeah, they
0: do. <laughs> Ohio State can't win that division. Penn State can't win that division. Mm-hmm. And then you have what? You have Indiana. You have Illinois. And then oh, what's the other team? Gosh, you know my Big Ten. Um, and then Purdue. Yeah, I like, mean, those are the only other four
1: teams that can contend for that you know division there. It's it, yeah. It's like Wisconsin could still make it to the Rose Bowl. And, I mean, you know, after we saw what a Pac-12 team did to them before, you kind of hope that doesn't happen. But right.
0: uh. Anyway, uh, Pac-12, you Stanford at Notre Dame, minus eight. Here's kind of a theme of the week where teams barely did not cover the spread. Notre Dame favored by eight. Notre Dame wins 20 to 13, only winning by seven. This was an overtime
1: controversial call. Yeah, um... Uh, was it Stefan Taylor? For Stanford. Just, yeah, just the tailback. Um, I think they they had it first down inside the five, and they ran it four straight times, right into the strength of that Notre Dame defense. And the last time on fourth down, um, he, he was kind of still laying on top of people when he like turned around and rolled over and went through the goal line, but they called him down. I guess they called him down on the field. And um, they said game over. was wrong. wrong call. I, they, I think they even reviewed it, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's... I don't know how they messed that up. But um, Notre Dame survives again on this tough schedule.
0: See, baseball, you want some of that human element with replay? It's still there in football. Yeah, so I mean, and it, it <laughs> still happens. Go.
1: So don't, don't feel too bad, umpires. You know, yeah. the referees still screw things up too. <laughs> Uh, U.S.C. at Washington, plus eleven and a half. U.S.C. favored by
0: eleven and a half. <laughs> they win by ten. Yep. twenty-four to fourteen. Um,
1: I thought I didn't think this game would be that close. I didn't either. I guess I don't know. U.S.C. not really playing to the level of their talent. Um, their their defense and their running game won this game, which I mean, really, that hasn't. I I think it's good that they won a game like that, though, because they've been relying so much on their receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we're going to find out about them. Um, You know, eventually they're going to have to play Oregon, and you'll you'll figure out whether or not they're a legitimate top 10 team or just, you know, a team with some talent. Yeah, that defensive touchdown they had was
0: huge, that's for sure. South Carolina in the bayou at LSU, minus 2.5. I told you last week, yeah, you, don't really, you... you don't really escape the bayou, but goodness, I thought LSU would win at least more than two and a half.
1: They won by two. <laughs> LSU 23-21. to 21. And, you know, um, I, this, was, this was shocking to me just because they looked so poor against mm-hmm. Florida um, offensively. They just could not do anything at all, and... I just thought that I just thought South carolina's offense was the difference in this game, but I mean they shut him down mm-hmm. they they could they shut down Lattimore. he couldn't do anything he i don't think he even got fifty yards oh, yeah. he had like he had like twenty carries or thirty yards or something hmm. um so this this bodes well for them, you know heading into a couple more tough games oh, yeah. um and um they still have a chance. I mean, now they really have a chance still. And those SEC teams, they just knock each other off. That's true. That's true. But then they'll still be ranked highly (laughs) in the polls. Jesus, They'll still be ranked 1, 2, and 3, and (laughs) 4.
0: Texas A&M at Louisiana Tech, plus 9. Thought it'd be crazy to pick Louisiana Tech, so a lot of us didn't. Well, Texas A&M was covering in the last few minutes, but then it was an offensive blitzkrieg at the end seriously watch the highlights it was nuts um and texas a&m
1: only hangs on to win by two 59 to 57 see i think a&m is still used to those big 12 games Mm -hmm. so they're they're more uh you know trying to win shootouts and not adjusted to sec football yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um no louisiana tech's a good team i mean they really are um Texas A&M's quarterback is playing better than anybody right now. Yeah, which I mean, for this week they're going to need him to play just as well. And um, this is an entertaining game to watch, especially when you saw how much A&M was up by early on. You probably just changed the channel. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it
0: wasn't up, even close at the beginning. No, it was
1: thirty-five to seven. I think. Yeah.
0: So. Interesting. For the extra point, we had Oregon State at BYU minus six. I thought BYU could at least, you know, keep it close. But Oregon State's right now leading a charm season right now. They're in the top ten of the BCS. They win 42 to 24. You know, solid game. They're going, they are going did it
1: without their quarterback. Yeah, um, that's that's impressive. Yeah. Um. If the you know, did the, I don't know if there's any word on how long he's going to be out. I haven't really heard that, so I can't but, um, tell you. You know, if they can get him back before the Oregon game...
0: It's going to be that, a fun that, one.
1: Yeah, that game's going to be fun. To it's
0: going to be a fun Civil War, that's for sure. Uh, I had to pick Illinois at Michigan, minus 23.5. And, a half, and uh, Michigan laid the beat down on the worst team in the Big Ten, yeah, 45 nothing. Good win to gear up for this weekend because, boy, I'll tell you, they'll need it.
1: Yeah, their their offense looks better. Um mm-hmm than it you know it was early on and um, I really think well, I mean, here's
0: to- the difference like they're actually running the ball. See because yeah. they they try to use you know Denard Robinson for those games against Alabama and Notre Dame as a pure passer. Granted he can be an effective passer, but once you set up the run, and that's you know Michigan football, that's running between the tackles and using you know that power and speed.
1: Even if it's just rolling him out mm-hmm. for the, option the pocket Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that that does so much because the threat of the run really gets in the mind of the linebackers and and the safeties and why a receiver slips behind them like that. So,
0: um, and West Virginia at Texas Tech plus three and a half. Um, yeah, I was shocked.
1: I was shocked. <laughs> you were shocked. <laughs> well, sure, um, yeah. They yeah they went out to out there in Lubbock where there really isn't much out there. It's kind we're of high, where high-ranked yeah. teams go to die. Yeah. And um you know I mean they they just you know the defense was our defense. They just gave up as many yards as possible and the offense finally decided not to show up. And I knew I thought it was a matter of time before it happens. Um but to that degree though. And yeah, I it was kind of surprising. You know, I, I figured that they would make some better adjustments at halftime. But, you know, and I, I really don't want to make excuses. Stedman Bailey was hurt the entire second half. So hopefully he's back for a game this week. And uh, um, he just, you know, didn't continue to run the ball like they were. And, uh, you know, Gino really just looked off. His passes weren't accurate. He couldn't hit anything down the field. I thought they took too many shots downfield myself, but I, I don't know. I think he just kind of got impatient, but he still didn't throw an interception. We're still waiting for that. That's um, true. So, you know, he has, he has a chance to come out and play better this week. Um, so And
0: they're, they're going to need it. It's going to yeah. be a big game. Uh, in the NFL, Dallas at Baltimore, minus 3.5. Baltimore needed 3.5 to cover. They got 2. <laughs> As they win thirty one twenty nine. Dallas scores a touchdown, they get the onside kick, they're in position, they have terrible clock management, Dan Bailey misses a field goal. Incredible. It's offensive pass interference too, right? Yeah. I mean, and that, you also had you know, the, the two-point conversion that Des Bryant, you know, just drops in the end zone. Oh, it's in my his hands. Gosh.
1: I mean, and the touchdown was the same exact play. Yeah. They ran the same exact play. Absolutely. And the guy, I mean, even a better pass on the two-point conversion and just I don't know. Yeah, inexcusable, really. Yeah, I was just like, I, I said, they, they had so many chances to win that game. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I mean, and Baltimore's defense is obviously down. You know, you're running the ball really well against them, and just, I don't know. I didn't think they could get much luckier than that, but. Uh,
0: uh, Detroit, Detroit, <laughs> Detroit, Philadelphia minus four. Detroit with a game they need to win. They're down ten. In, you know halfway through the fourth quarter, they come back to tie it. They you know beat Philadelphia in overtime with a field goal. They win 26 to 23. You know Philadelphia fired their defensive coordinator. Uh, you know big ramifications there. Detroit has not scored an offensive touchdown in the first three quarters all year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this team last year and. I would know it was, you know, fourth quarter comeback crazy and it's not a good trend to do. It's good to know that they have the mental fortitude to do that, but you don't want to rely on it. Um, you know, Matt Stafford has like, you know, over 300, like maybe 320 yards or so. And he gets 250 of them in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah. That's not acceptable.
1: They, I, it just almost makes you wonder if they like practice red zone stuff. It just like, it seems like once they get there, they struggle
0: almost like you try to play a balanced you know offense in the fourth quarter that they're down they start to pass and that's what works go figure uh speaking of another collapse in the fourth quarter new england at seattle plus three and a half you think that'd be enough <laughs> easy enough for new england to cover well yeah so did we but then seattle it. came back you know uh russell wilson throws you know a 46 yard touchdown or whatever it is within the last few minutes to Simi- uh, Cindy rice seattle wins 24 to 23
1: Hmm. Man, you just, just, mm. <laughs> I, I just don't even like, I see. Okay, Seattle's defense. I think Seattle's defense, I still think that front is probably the best all around front in the league. And, um, I just, I don't know about their offense. It's so, it's so like, it's very, it's very comebacky. <laughs> it's like a, some made up word I would use. A, um, it's, not really established they don't really do anything really well they kind of just find ways to score enough points to win games
0: it's a really strong unit that's for sure and you know seattle's at san francisco with the thursday night game right now they're in you know near the start of the third quarter seattle's up six to three like they're playing teams tough and that's the team yeah. I think, you know watch out for the playoffs i mean at least a
1: wild card spot at, at least at the beginning of the year, I still thought that division was the weakest division. Oh, yeah. Even with, you know, that's one of the best teams in it. But it looks like that division is better than half the divisions
0: now. Yeah, St. Louis is putting up a fight. You know, Arizona is starting to slide, but they have some talent as well. Yeah, uh, It's going to be a fight. Speaking of San Francisco, they were hosting the New York Giants with minus five for San Francisco. Giants put on a walloping, and I thought giant the Giants would win, but
1: not by that much
0: twenty six mm-hmm. to three.
1: Yeah, that's I don't know what San, the, they've been drinking out there in San Francisco mm-hmm. lately. Uh, they just do not look good, and, if, and in some games they just looked awful. Yeah, um, like they played well against good teams earlier on in the season, but then. Um, lately, they just they can't really put anything together on offense, and their their defense is allowing way more yards and points than they should. Mm.
0: Well, speaking of you know, allowing more points than they should, Houston got their first loss of the season. Green Bay comes in. Uh, Houston at minus three and a half. Aaron Rodgers six touchdowns, six total touchdowns, no interceptions. Crazy game. Green Bay wins forty-two to
1: twenty-four. Yeah, Houston. they win for the Packers. Houston just started that game off so bad. <laughs> what was it like? It was like 14 nothing in no time. Yeah. And they just never really recovered from it. Uh-huh. So, I mean, when you spot them almost 14 points, they're probably not going to win. So, I think they're still in good shape. Green I, Green Bay's still got plenty of talent. and You know, they're a good team, so... I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I
0: think both teams would be fine. But you talk about spotting points in the game. You have Denver at San Diego on Monday Night <laughs> Football. San Diego minus one. They get out to a twenty-four to nothing lead. That's the score at halftime. Peyton Manning comes back and Denver scores thirty-five unanswered points. Denver wins thirty-five to twenty-four. That's incredible. That's a new record. Yeah. I'm sure of it. That has to be a new record. There's I. He was tied for a record as far as you know comeback, but you know, I'm sure like maybe the new record was for you know the the amount of points scored just in you know return.
1: Yeah, um, why well, I I, I just didn't no plan words. on re- watching the rest of that because it I thought it was over and I was just like flipping through the channels and I said, I looked at it real quick and I was like there, there's something wrong with that that doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. I was like how are they? Le- oh. and then I and then I saw the. What was what they kept saying? Um, what's the receiver's name? Went Randy Moss on him.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I that game was it was Nick nuts. Stokely. Yeah, Brandon Stokely. Yeah. Off Stokely down the <laughs> sidelines, get it, catch him! Wow. Um, but let's get to this. Well, before we get to this week's picks, um, for college football, I'm 21 and 28, and you got a few games on me at 24 and 25. I had a rough week. I had two and five and two and four. Yeah. It was not pretty. But you know, it was it was again it was some of those, you know, really small point differentials. You call the win, but you can't call the spread. Yep. Um but I do have a game up on you in the NFL. I'm sixteen and twenty, you are fifteen and twenty one. So we'll see how that develops throughout the season. Major Moses is still on top in college football, an impressive record. And Skull Jumper pulls ahead above five hundred in the NFL. Props to him. Yep. Very, very impressive. Uh, I think he's 20-16. and That's pretty crazy. Really good. Um, We get to the pick six, though, for this week in college football. Really making quick picks. uh, You know, one to two sentence summaries here. LSU at Texas A&M plus three and a half. It's
1: at noon Eastern. Who do you have? I I mean, LSU really impressed me last week with how they played. And, you know, A&M's got their quarterback, He's putting up better numbers than, than Tim Tebow did, um, I believe, in one of the years that he won the Heisman. Yeah, and he's a freshman, but um, you know when they play better defenses, we'll you know we'll see what happens. Um, And I think this Louisiana is going to beat them. I've Mm -hmm. I've got LSU. (laughs) So do I. I think you got to really take LSU's talented,
0: talented defense into account. And I like three and a half points. I don't want to be burned by like the two and a half of last week, but South Carolina and Texas A&M, very different opponents. Oh, yes. Um, so give me the Tigers uh, to cover the three and a half. Speaking of South Carolina, they're in the Swamp this week. Uh, Florida favored minus three and a half. South Carolina at Florida minus three and a half, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. I've got the Gators. Um, you know, the Swamp is a dangerous place to play. Uh, South Carolina coming off of a tough loss. I think they'll you know play Florida really well. you got Steve Spurrier coming back to his alma mater in Florida. Um, and it's really going to be, the the story is, you know, you have Driscoll, who is kind of like a college Ben Roethlisberger in a way, against that defensive front with uh, Jadavian Clowney and others. Um, I have Florida on this one. They are playing very well right now. And yeah. they, they take control of that. <laughs> sec east with a win there and then you gotta face georgia soon
1: yeah and um you know if if south carolina gets a few more points this game would have been i mean it's already big but it's it would have been you know like the matchup of the year pretty much oh yeah uh considering the history you know with uh spurrier but uh I don't. I don't know how you can't really pick Florida just because South Carolina. You know, as as good as LSU's defense is, I actually think that Florida's is a little bit better mm-hmm. this year. Right. I mean, you know, you can go on head-to-head matchups, and I think Florida has a better offense. I like the you know, I think they have a quarterback, right? And um, I think if LSU can put up that many points on you, I think Florida can put up more. Right. It's the home game. You know, home field advantage is huge. Um, and I think maybe by a touchdown or two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is... Watch for Florida. Run, run, run the ball.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, all you got to do is stop South Carolina from running the ball. You, anybody can beat them.
0: more might be out of that game too. So yeah. we'll see how that happens. Michigan state coming to Michigan. Michigan state has won four straight. Uh, which they hadn't done since you know the sixties or so in that rivalry here. Big big game here in the state of Michigan. But Michigan Wolverines I Michigan Wolverines favored by nine and a half at three thirty PM Eastern. What do you think, Joel?
1: Um I'm just gonna go with Michigan on this one because Michigan looks like they're you know, they've figured out what they want to do on offense and it's working pretty well. And Michigan State is going the exact opposite direction offense. They look terrible. That vaunted defense, at least early on in the year, looks awful. (laughs) Like, I really don't know what to say about Michigan State just because they look... In every game I've watched them play this year, they look very poor Mm -hmm. on all sides of the ball. And so I think... uh, I think that that really makes a difference and you know Michigan's got home field advantage and they've got four years of hate and you know revenge attitude built up towards Michigan State so I think I think they I won't even be surprised if it's a beat down and I think it would be
0: a deserved beat down um, you know Michigan State's defense hasn't been as bad though uh, if you think about it like they've let up, you know, in some of these games that they've lost, they've let up about, you know, 17 points or so. And it's just the fact that their offense and their offensive coordinator can't put together a good game plan to, you know, be creative and, you know, get that offense flowing. I'm going to make a selfish pick here and I'm going to go with Michigan State. And here's why. I think that it will be a beatdown, but I'm going to cover my ass in that, if Michigan does lose for the fifth straight year to Michigan State, which is so inconceivable for me to think of as a lifelong Michigan fan, um, that if, in, at the very least, if Michigan doesn't cover or if they lose, at least I know in my back pocket I'll still have my pick that win. <laughs> so it's a very selfish pick for me as a fan. But I logically, I, I think it will be a... Solid Michigan win, I'm just picking Michigan State. And I,
1: well, I'm, the uh, reason I'm doing is because I need... Like, I think that they need to keep building confidence on offense. Oh, yeah, and well, absolutely. And how you do that is you win big games. You win big on offense. And um, I think they're going to need that heading into that game with Ohio State.
0: They and, are going to need that, yes. And,
1: uh, you know, early in the year, I, I picked them in a BCS game. So... In order to get there, they've they've got to keep winning games. Well,
0: considering that the nobody in the Big Ten is in the top twenty five for the BCS, it is going to need a Rose Bowl, uh, you know, Big Ten champion. Yeah, so somebody
1: it, needs to carry the torch. Some, I mean, yeah, somebody, like, I know St- nobody really wants to, but somebody's got to do it.
0: And like Ohio State being undefeated right now would be because, but you know, because of their postseason, uh, you know, ban they they can't be in the BCS, so. Mm-hmm. That's why, but it's just a strange statistic there. Um, Kansas State at West Virginia, minus three at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I have Kansas State in this one. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, at three points, it's more or less a pick with these offenses. Um, but the way Kansas State is playing with their quarterback right now, I think they have a bit more mom- more momentum. The main question is, can Geno Smith bounce back? Is he that Heisman candidate? And sure as hell looks like the West Virginia defense can't stop. So it really is going to rely on Geno Smith once again. Uh, I think he plays better than he does last week, but I don't think it's enough to you know, beat the vaunted you know, Kansas State offense.
1: Well, here's here's the reason that I'll you know first of all I'm going to pick my team. You know I I have to because that. I th- this is a must-win game if they want to contend in the conference still. Because mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's not them, then Kansas State pretty much cruises onto the, you know, onto the uh, conference title. Oh, I see. Um, so what you have to look at is you have to look at what does Kansas State do well on offense, and if there's anything that our defense actually does decently, it's stop the run. And that is what they do well on offense. Their quarterback—he's thrown for—I don't know—maybe a thousand yards. Mm -hmm. I know it's odd to look at like in comparison because we've thrown for like twice as much as that. Um, but I think, I think, if I think that they really—you know—I think the reason they beat Oklahoma is because Oklahoma turned the ball over. Right. Three times in that game, I think without those turnovers, I don't think they beat Oklahoma. And they've thrived on those turnovers. They got turnovers last week against Iowa State, and that game was just whoever had the ball last, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I am factoring home field advantage. It's our first. It's our first home night game. Um, oh wow! So you know everybody's kind of excited about it, and it's going to be loud and crazy, and. I think, I think they got a kind of you know reality check last week. You know you can't right. just show up. You've got to, you got you got to play hard on offense every week if you want to because you know defenses are scheming every week to try and stop you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mainly I think the thing key, the thing to watch in this game is just our rush defense. If we could because our rush defense is done. We're in the top twenty in rush defense. Which is crazy to think. That shows you how bad our pass defense <laughs> right, is. Right, right. Um, so if we can stop the run enough in this game and force them to pass, I know it sounds weird considering you know that's where we kind of suck. Um, if we force them to run and they only get maybe like two yards to carry and they can't run the play action pass like they want, then I think we have a much better chance in this game. I think we're gonna come out and score, you know. Fifty plus just huh. i just have this really weird feeling we we play a lot better at home and you know they've been on the road two straight weeks so they finally get to come back and um i think if they can you know get an early lead and force kansas play, state to you know play a shootout because all of their games have been relatively low scoring um I think Miami was the highest scoring game they had, and my, you saw Miami's defense. I think is worse than ours, yeah. which yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hard to be. Um, Are you gonna be at this game? Yes, I'm going okay. this game. I actually was thinking about working ESPN radios coming, but um, like the the part of the thing that they're doing during that is during the first half of the game. To, so, I, I'm getting lower level seats at this game. So. It'll be kind of nice. nice.
2: I'm,
1: I'm excited about it, and we're having, um, let's see, pulled pork and ribs
0: at the mm-hmm. tailgate.
1: So, and it's like catered by like this, these people we know that own a restaurant. It is the best barbecue ever. <laughs> it's So good. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. But I, I've got us because you know I gotta go with my team. We, we have aspirations aspirations of a conference title, and unlike Big Ten. You can't lose a game. You've got you got to keep winning, or you're right. not gonna have a chance. So, mm-hmm.
0: Florida State at Miami plus twenty one at eight p.m. Eastern. Who do you have in this one? I have.
1: Let's see. Uh, I mean, twenty one is a lot. Yeah, I, I mean that that is kind of surprising. I don't know. I think I still think Miami's defense is just that bad. Um, And they have a tendency on offense to turn the ball over a lot. And Florida State can turn that in the scores. So, um, I don't know. And the other thing is, there is not really a home field advantage in Miami. Those fans don't show up for games. I'll (laughs) I'll tell you that right now just from watching their games. Um, I think Florida State can cover that. Mm -hmm. I think they got their confidence back a little bit last week after putting a beat down on Boston College.
0: Yeah. Seminole's role... um, Miami's defense is that bad. Uh, Florida State, their only loss is, was a very fluky one, I think. This team is talented. 21, I think, is no problem for Florida State. Mm-hmm. Washington and Arizona, interesting Pac-12 matchup. Minus seven and a half favoring yeah. Arizona at 10 p.m. I'll take the Wildcats in this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think you know you gotta like Rich Rodriguez's offense uh, at home. Washington is you know struggling in a couple games of these you know big high-profile games. 7.5 seems like a little bit too much, but I think with a prolific offense, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. I've got a gut feeling here. I'm going to go with Arizona Wildcats.
1: Yeah, I don't know why I didn't look... When I tried to pick that Oregon Washington game, I don't know why I didn't look at the beginning of the year at what LSU did to Washington, because if LSU can score what was it 49 points against you,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: then your defense probably isn't as good as everyone thinks it is. So... I'm going to go with Arizona just because they can score like that. And you teams that can score fast, you usually want to pick them in the spread.
0: Right. So. Well, we both are picking the extra point game this week because Michigan and West Virginia are in the pick six. Mm-hmm. And that game is Texas Tech at TCU plus one and a half at 3.30 p.m. Eastern.
1: I'm kind of surprised that spread is so close. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas Tech just demolished us. Um, and their quarterback's good. Like, I don't need, I I know that our, our defense is bad, but their quarterback is really good. Um, And I think that their... I think their defense is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they held us to the lowest amount of points all year. So, um, I'm going to go with Texas Tech. You know, TCU is still breaking in a new quarterback. So...
0: I still think TCU is a solid team, though. And I think you have a bit of a letdown week here at Texas Tech. You're going on the road. Yeah, I mean, it was a big game at home. Like, you wanted to show up, and they did absolutely play well. But I think it's a letdown week this week. Uh, Give me the Horn Frogs. Um, it, it's a close game with, you know, the one and a half favoring Texas Tech. So it's almost like a pick em here. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick TCU here. Why not? Uh, NFL. We get into our six games here. Starting with, well, we have a lot of uh, teams on bye this week. So we have a lot of games stacked in the 1 o'clock block and then only a couple at uh, 4 o'clock. So New Orleans and Tampa Bay, we start here at plus one. uh, You know, the one point favoring the away team at New Orleans, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Give me the Saints. You know, Tampa Bay has, has been playing all right. But I think, you know, New Orleans is starting to, you know, get some of that offensive rhythm back, I think. Um, it's tough stopping Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. I think you know Tampa Bay is still going through going through some growing pains here. Um, give me the Saints on the road.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a close spread. I mean, all they needs a field goal. Um, so I definitely would take that. I I probably I probably would have them even a touchdown favorite. Um, Drew Brees is just really good. Yeah. Um, you know, he's one of the best that there is right now. So I uh, I gotta go with them. It's you know, I I think I'm I'm you know, I like to see Tampa Bay. They play everyone pretty hard. Um considering, you know, they are they do have new coaching staff. Um but I I gotta go with the Saints looking a lot better now. hmm. Uh Baltimore at Houston, minus six and a half at one
0: PM Eastern. Who do you think here?
1: I I've got Houston bouncing back after their after losing to the Packers. Um and you know Baltimore <laughs> just barely got by the Cowboys last I think me, my goodness. It's okay. I think um I think they they kinda watch what the Cowboys did during that game and kinda run the ball right at the Ravens and uh give them a lot of trouble.
0: Well, I'm sneezing in disagreement. I got a, I got a feeling here about the Ravens. You got to stick it up for your season here. I know your defense is going to be hurting, but you kind of have to bond together as a team if you still want to have these playoff aspirations. I think six and a half is a lot here, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why I'm going to go with Baltimore on this one. I don't want to guarantee calling an upset here, but I would not be totally shocked to see an upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta show some resiliency if you want to, you know, still aim for higher things
1: despite these, you know, these setbacks. I just, I just from watching all their games this year, they've just been in so many close games. Mm-hmm. I almost start to wonder if, you know, once they start getting into the meat of their schedule, it's that's not gonna work anymore. Right. They, like, you almost think there'd be more separation because their offense does look really good at times. It's just, I, you know. The defense has just given up a lot more points than usual, so they kind of have to adjust to the way they play.
0: Right. Well, you got Cleveland and Indianapolis at the next one, uh, minus one at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I just can't pick the factory of sadness. <laughs> they did have a great week last week, though. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you were listening to the, uh, the Show Me Your News episode here on our, our Show Me Your News network where Tony was, it was the Cleveland and New York Giants game. Mm -hmm. Tony was all excited, like, Cleveland bounced out to that (laughs) lead, and it turns out they ended up losing, which is just... by the end of the podcast, it was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, they had a great week last week against Cincinnati. You know, defense showed up, got some, you know, defensive scores, and the offense started playing actually pretty well, but I think Indianapolis bounces back after their, you know, rough week. Mm -hmm. Um you know, the one-point spread in the NFL is more or less just a pick him here. Um, give me Indianapolis and Andrew Luck with a, a big you know, game here.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, he's adjusted pretty well to the NFL, kind of like people thought he would. And um, really, um, Cleveland just they, – they finally put a game together. But um, – I I just don't think they're gonna keep doing that. Um I don't know. It just seems like something always goes
2: wrong <laughs>
1: in their games. And uh because they have they have some great offensive talent there, and you know, Richardson is gonna be great. As, as long as he stays healthy, he'll he'll be really good. And um but I don't know, I got I got I luck. Throwing a couple touchdown passes in this one.
0: Yeah. New York Jets at New England Patriots. Big NFC East showdown. All of those teams are three and three in that division right now. Uh it's an important game. Minus ten spread for the Patriots at four twenty-five Eastern. Who do you have here?
1: Um I've got I've got New England. I think th- I think they can cover that spread. Um just like it seems like every week that they, it seems like every time they have a really bad performance, they follow it up with like a blowout.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it's like I don't know. It just seems like to happen every single year. And so, in, like in the past, like when I would be doing fantasy, I would, I always like made it a thing to go look at see if one of their wide receivers was available for the next week because, mm-hmm. um, I knew that I knew that they'd come back out and play really well. Um, you know, it's at home. I I think that they I think they can cover this um, against the Jets.
0: Yeah, I mean they more or less had it covered against Seattle, but that was on the road. Seattle with you know good defense and everything, and the Jets' defense right now is no Seahawks' defense. You're totally yeah, they, right they, with yeah, you're totally Hawks. right with the bouncing back here. Um, and you know, New England's got to have this one if they want to you know start to take that lead on the division. Uh, I think ten points is nothing here. I think it's just a, a straight up bombing. Mm-hmm. uh yeah give me the pats pittsburgh at cincinnati with the sunday night football game cincinnati we got plus one so pittsburgh favored by one another really close spread this week in the nfl mm-hmm. um give me the steelers i know cincinnati's at home but you know the steelers are going to be you know looking to take control not only take control but you know Start to you know, get some solid footing in that AFC North. And you got to beat teams like Cincinnati to do that. Um, I think, the, to me, this is almost a no-brainer. But then again, I've had you know, really bad weeks picking the NFL. So, But give me the Steelers in this one.
1: Yeah, they, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, I didn't give the Steelers any shot at making the playoffs. And you would almost think, like, watching them so far this year, that I still wouldn't. But I've also been watching the other teams in the division. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland is usually, is what they are usually every year. Um, Cincinnati lately has been really struggling. And you've almost got to think the Ravens eventually are going to be on the downturn. Yeah. Just because of all those injuries. I mean, it's really hard to overcome that many. And um, you've got to think when Pittsburgh figures out how to run their offense um this new offense which they they just put in this year they're going to start beating people yeah. when they get all when they get everyone back on defense and are healthy again they get when they get their running back back and he's back for good they're going to be pretty good um so i think i think they're kind of i think this is maybe the first game where they start to creep back into you know the at least the playoff conversation I I really didn't give them a shot early but I think I think they're going to make it now just because I thought Cincinnati and Baltimore would be a lot more dominant. I know yeah. Baltimore has a good record but that's a lot of close games and
0: those hits on defense too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So So you I, have the Steelers. I, I got the Steelers.
0: All right. Monday night game. Uh Detroit goes to Chicago. Now Chicago came to Detroit Last year for a Monday night game around this time, so you get the, the flip flop here. Mm-hmm. Detroit at Chicago minus six and a half on Monday at eight thirty PM Eastern. What are you thinking here?
1: I think I'm gonna go just I think I'm gonna go with Chicago just because I don't I don't think Detroit can use the same mentality that they had last week where they had to come back in the fourth quarter. I think that'd I think that'd be tougher in this game. Um I don't know. I mean they could still surprise people and they need to. They need to win as many games as they can, all you know, all of them to mm-hmm. scrape their way back in, but um I don't know. I think Chicago is a pretty solid team right now and it'll be kind of tough to do. So I've got Chicago.
0: Yeah, Chicago coming off the bye. It's a dangerous game for the Lions here, but they have played everyone really closely. Mm-hmm. Um so I do. I'm picking Detroit in this one, not necessarily for the upset, but you know the six and a half is a lot uh, for the NFL. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll at least play it close, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lions pull out a win. Uh, you got to put a semblance of a full game together on offense. You can't just do the fourth quarter thing. And if they put it together this week, uh, then I think you're going to have a really close one. Yeah. So give me the Lions. Well, it's interesting. We disagree on two games here in the college and pro football. I think now it's time for us to go catch the end of that Seattle-San Francisco game. It looks like San Francisco took the lead, ten to six, going into the fourth quarter. Uh, that should be a good football week. And I'm just going to be on pins and needles tomorrow. I got to write this paper, and then we're going into Michigan-Michigan State week. It's, it's a it's, like it's not you know one of the the biggest rivalries nationwide, but it's just. It's annoying because of some of the interfamily
1: issues issues. Yeah, and Catholics. you know, another thing, we also finally got BCS rankings. That's true. College football. Oh so yeah, that's a good point to mention. You're starting to see a little bit more, you know, right now. Right now, the Alabama-Oregon thing is looking pretty solid. It's unbelievable like,
0: that Florida, you know, jumped to two over Oregon. Yeah. But I think and you're going to get that changing by the end of the year. They all
1: play each other in the SEC, so... I think that's really just a love affair kind of thing. Well, how about Notre Dame being in the top five? Yeah, you know, um, if Notre Dame wins all their games, there's no question they're in the national championship. That that schedule is way too difficult. I really don't see them getting past Oklahoma, but um, it when you have a defense that plays that well, it you never know. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's an update. We've got the Cardinals up 6-1 to one in the bottom of 7. So it looks like they're going to take that 3-1 to one lead. Yep. And then they follow it up tomorrow. So it's going to be an interesting weekend in sports, that's for sure. And uh, You know, even, even beyond. So we'll be letting you know what's happening and what we think will happen here on Down the Sidelines. Mm-hmm. With that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And, oh, man, it's 7-1 to one, Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoy the week in sports. Take care.